Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad you're all, here. Are we, are, I'm, I'm are glad we all you're alone here. in here? Are we all alone? It's just you and I talking about Malik Monk. I need see. There's mornings when I just wanna, I just wanna start the show and I just wanna get hype. I kind of like I, I'm you hype. Should've... I'm hype, but I feel like I'm so hype. I need this lounge time. I need the Locked On Hornets lounge music to just settle me down a little bit. Absolutely, you don't want to go in half cocked, you, you, right? You want you want right. to be maybe a quarter cocked, <laughs> maybe a third cocked. Even here's it was my exciting. thing. I, I it's one quarter, it's one game, so I want to settle. I want to try to settle my own emotions, but I, but I, at the same time, I know that everyone's excited. <laughs> Rich is already on the live chat. Monk bacon. The people want the rookie talk. Hey, I'll tell you who's not settling down and who's is is all in is the guy sitting behind me last night at the Hornets game. Tell very, me about it. Very excited. I learned a lot. Uh, I was at I was at the game with our friend Alan uh, from Frame Warehouse, courtesy of Night Residential Group. Some of our new friends, Doug. Yeah. Um, well, hey, just real quick, Frame Warehouse. They are bringing this episode to you. So thanks to oh. our friends at Frame Warehouse. This is uh, this is what they call serendipity. Visit FrameWarehouse.net. Well, anyway, go ahead. This well, this this well, fan at the game. Everyone, I think everyone has this experience when they go to a very, very excited fan, uh, very much a Malik Monk fan. We learned later on in the evening, very much a Kentucky fan. So a lot of this started to make sense as we went through. He had a lot of interesting views on how to approach the game. Wanted wanted the Hornets to, to to push the ball at all times, one on four, mm. one on five. Didn't Why matter, not? just push it. Um, mm. Salt, you know, salt it was, and pepper fan. <laughs> but I tell you what, man, when Monk started flowing, he was on fire, and he said on fire in Spanish <laughs> a lot. He said "en fuego," "en fuego." <laughs> was okay. Yes, that's that's a thing that people will do. En fuego. So uh, he was excited about it, as was everyone, man. Well, listen. You, now you've been, you've been, we'll get into this, but you've been into more games than I have this this season. But when, when Monk started going, that, I'll, I'll say it's got to be the most hype. Okay. I'll, I'll say this, David. So you know, in the media section, you're not allowed to cheer. It's just kind of a rule. You it's know? not professional. It's a professional it rule, right? Right. I'll tell you this: my toes were curling. <laughs> I didn't cheer, but my toes were curling. All right, let's start. The, that's a good place to start the show. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. Oh, my notes are all scattered. Malik Monk's got me swervy. All right, this is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, if you've just started listening to us, maybe you don't know about the Locked On Podcast Network, we've got a podcast on the NFL, the NBA, Locked On Panthers is just on fire right now. Got to listen to Bill Rossetti and the gang at Locked On Panthers. They, the Locked On Podcast Network just has you covered. I'm Doug Branson. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA beautiful uptown charlotte after a hornets victory i'm joined by the man the myth the legend from the mean streets of cotswold david walker 
everyone is in fuego this morning, Doug. Doug, just real quick to finish my uh, story. Please, if you don't tune in for the lot for the lounge portion of the show, folks. Uh, make sure to do that. YouTube.com forward slash locked on Hornets. <laughs> so we had a gentleman last night behind us that kept saying in fuego and fuego and fuego. And at one point, his friend leaned over to him and goes, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, we need, a, we need a Spanish to English dictionary in section and, uh, 106. Sir, if you are listening, which by, by the, by, based on some of your comments, you do not listen. Um, I loved, I enjoyed it. It was have fun. It was a great Hornets game. I'm glad you enjoyed Malik Monk. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Frame Warehouse. They have the guaranteed best price on your next framing project. Visit framewarehouse.net today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this episode, David, because everything offensively, let's put, let's put big quotes around that. Offensively, everything came together for the Charlotte Hornets against Milwaukee. Should we, before we get to that, should we get to some of this good injury news? See, we not only have a great game to talk about, but we got some good news on the injury front. Should we tackle that first? Good injury news, yes. We all need more good injury news. Okay, so both MCW and Nick Batum closing in on returns to the court. Yesterday, the Hornets recalled Michael Carter-Williams from his less-than-24-hour rehab assignment in Greensboro. According to Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer, General Manager Rich Cho said the assignment was to get him up there for a scrimmage, essentially to test his knees, and that he could make a debut during this upcoming four-game road trip. So, David, we had thought maybe he's going to be there for a little bit, get some game action, get some game action in upgrade his conditioning, but it sounds like just wanted to give it a final test, and apparently there's a lot of paperwork and press releases that need to go out when that happens. So that's good news. That's that's <laughs> you, Was this possible before? The, Are you, the new relationship? Is this, is this news I, I hitting just, you in a certain way? <laughs> was this possible, you think, before the new relationship with his team? I couldn't have been, right? Like, just to drive up there and get a scrimmage in and then, and then drive on back to Charlotte? No, yeah, I mean it's a it's a benefit, you know, of having a D, of a, a G League team. Just being able to say, "Hey, we need to send this guy right. for a scrimmage real quick. Try this out. Try his knees out in a in a a game time." It's it's odd that because you feel like they run a lot of scrimmages in practice. It's odd that they but they didn't practice. But it was that, a game day. Yeah, they didn't right. they, exactly. They didn't practice that day. So maybe yeah, it was a final test, I guess, before they hit the road. So okay, now I'm making sense of it in my head. Okay, there so we that's go. we have to talk it out. That's good news. Now to Nick Batum, who's been out with that sprained uh, left elbow. He could be back to practicing very soon and is targeting two to three weeks on a return. This also comes from the Observer and Rick Bennell. He's been with the team and is a constant figure at practice, putting up shots this this entire period, essentially almost since he got the injury. The two to three week timeline would put him on the early side of the original six to eight week timeline. What's it going to mean to have Nick Batum back in the month of November, David? Man, am I am I crazy to be nervous about this? I don't think so. Seen, yeah, I, I hate okay, that. Like, I hate that you're not because we're going to we're probably going to agree here because I'm a little nervous too. Why are you nervous? It just seems like, especially where we started with this, that it could have been the whole season or six to eight weeks or ten weeks or whatever. And it's great that he's making progress and feeling better. I'm just. It seemed like a pretty serious injury when it happened. So I'm more 
inclined to lean towards them taking as much time as they need, especially, you know, things are going okay. Things are going all right. Uh, we don't, you don't want to lose him for a longer period of time just by bringing him back too soon. Yeah, here's what makes me nervous. And, and maybe that's a worry ward. Maybe we're just worrying, Doug. Well, that's sometimes we need that. Sometimes we have to bring that perspective. Here's what concerns me, okay? This was supposed to be a turning point season for Nick Batum. He did not go and play for the French national team. He was focused on his NBA game, and, and he was excited about this season. And so when the injury happens and he learns that there's an option outside of surgery that would get him back six to eight weeks – it was almost immediate that that was the decision. And I think that tells you that Nick Batum wants to play, and he wants to play this season, and I think you could fairly infer that he wants to play as soon as possible. And we do know one thing. The Charlotte Hornets training staff is on the conservative side of things. They, they hold guys out a little longer than maybe some other training staffs would. So that makes me a little less nervous, but how quickly he was back at practice putting up shots with that, you know, with that wrap around his elbow, not even cast, but a wrap. Yeah. That's, that shows you he wants to get out there. He wants to get back into action as quickly as possible. And, and I hope the Hornets remain concerned. I think the five and three start helps that, you know, they're not zero and eight, David. It's not panic time in Charlotte. So I think you can afford, and especially if you get Michael Carter-Williams back on this road trip, and he's healthy, and he remains healthy, and there's no pain issues with the knees, then I think you have to be conservative with Nick Batum. As much as I know fans out there, people on the chat right now, they want Nick Batum back. They want to see Batum and Zeller in that second unit. So many things to be excited about. But, But the key to a playoff victory, series victory, is Nick Batum. And is, haven't we seen this before? Certainly, I feel like with Cody, he's tried to come back and maybe had a little hiccup. Um, MCW didn't make it all the way back, but obviously MKG has had some things. And like, that's not on the training staff. And all these guys are different. Their bodies are different. Their ailments are different. It's blah, blah, blah. We're not doctors. <laughs> Although. This is not uh, licensed medical advice. I mean, yeah, I think you have to take it as a positive, but I still hope they're they're approaching it very cautiously. I don't know if you know this, David, but this is the absolute best time of the year to get something framed. Did you know that? Mm, I did. I did know that. Whether it's a holiday gift, a home decoration, or something for your bonus room, now is the time to get your framing done and get it done right with our friends at Frame Warehouse. We're proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. They have the guaranteed best price on every framing project. And when we say they're friends of the show, they are literally friends of this show. They're people we trust. At Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything for next to nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. We're talking sports memorabilia. How about some posters for your offense? Uh, office? Offense. See, I'm thinking I'm ready to talk about this Milwaukee game already. Maybe, uh, maybe a monk poster for your kid's bedroom, some jerseys. They'll even cube up that Frank Reich-signed Panthers helmet you always tell people about, and I, I know you're telling people about it. The best part is that Frame Warehouse makes the whole process super easy, and I don't know about you, David, but I, I need easy when it comes to framing. Frame Warehouse has framing experts that will walk you through this process and turn your project around quickly and for an amazing price. Don't let your prized possessions go undisplayed. Get that stuff up on the wall. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte. Go to framewarehouse.net. 
framewarehouse.net to find the one nearest you and tell them Locked On Hornets told you to drop by. That's very important. And give them a go, Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Okay. David, I got to save my voice because I may get too excited about this. I want to go to the chat first. Because everybody's excited about this. Let's let's uh, let's see. Dwayne saying my ten point prediction was looking good. Yeah, the defense let you down there, Dwayne. Almost had that prediction right. Uh, Matthew asking David, were you sitting in front of me because I was out of my mind when Monk went off? <laughs> I don't know. Were you in Fuego? <laughs> Dwayne said ceiling is the roof for this team when Batum and MCW comes back. Let's see if I can get some more in here. Uh, then, and you then, should have been going out of your mind when Monk was was getting all lathered up. Like that was exactly the proper reaction because because I was as well. All right, Hornets get a big victory over the Milwaukee Bucks in this rematch. Where you remember in the first game they could not uh, effectively uh, get offense going, get the ball moving, knock down shots at the end of that game. They were tied ninety four ninety four. And uh, Milwaukee goes on a run and wins that game. Well, that wasn't the case in this one. They win one twenty six to one twenty one, and and you guys know the stats: twenty five points from Malik Monk, ten of seventeen from the field. He scores eighteen of those in the fourth quarter, and uh, four three pointers for Malik Monk. I want to play this before we get into this. Uh, this is um, a new version of Box Score Boogie that I'm doing for. ESPN 7:30 a.m. here in Charlotte. I want to play it for you, and you can tune in to the wake-up call uh, in the morning on ESPN 7:30 to hear this as well. Here's a uh, box score boogie. Hornets rookie Malik Monk trading in his squirrel hunting license for Bucks season. I'm Doug Branson, and these are the numbers you need to know from last night's game. It's time for the box score boogie. Let's start with the number four. That's the number of three-pointers that Malik Monk drained in the fourth quarter, four in the four. He scored 16 of the Hornets' first 18 points of the final quarter and 25 total for the game. That's a season high. After a few rough outings, the second unit finally gave the Hornets the lift that they needed. Monk said after the game, quote, it was our time. And that's what the second group is for. And we just tried to pick up the energy to the first group, fall off or anything like that. We just tried to pick the energy up and that's what happened. Next up, 14 points. That's a season low for Bucks superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo, who played in foul trouble all night. Ironically, Giannis was just about the only thing the Hornets could defend. They allowed 19 made threes on the evening. Finally, the lucky number seven. Kimba Walker, 7 of 7 from the line tonight. He entered this game leading the NBA in free throws made at 7.4 per game and shooting a career high 91.2%. Kimba, What's been the difference so far? I have no idea, honestly. Um, you know, I'm just being aggressive, man. You know, just trying to be as smart as possible. You know, just get contact and, you know, just, just try to get to the line as much as I can. It's a mystery. A mystery to Kemba, and fans hope that mystery stays alive. Next up, the Hornets begin a four-game road trip on Friday against the San Antonio Spurs. For more box score boogie, subscribe to the Locked On Hornets podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever you use to get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. All right, David. You can check those out on ESPN 730, the wake-up call. What do you think? Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon taking over the fourth quarter. Amazing. Yeah, Doug. And one thing to note on this, you know, the Hornets went 10 deep last night. So you had commenced 
Ski Bacon, Trevion Graham, Malik Monk, and uh, and uh, Cody Zeller in there. And that unit really started to, starting to look like it's it's gelling. You know what I mean? I mean, you can see it out there on the court. I think there's a lot more comfort with those guys playing together. I started to yeah. wonder what it's going to look like when Batum does come back. And obviously, Lamb would shift down in there. Um I mean, what do you think about that? Just real quick, we can dive into that when it gets closer. But like, I, I think obviously you're looking at Graham and Bacon as maybe the odd men out there. I mean, initial reaction: wh- Who do you think kind of maybe takes a backseat if if Lamb's in that unit? Well, I think it's going to be matchup based, right? Because if they needed a yeah. little extra punch of defense, I think they go with Travion, Travion. Graham if they need some size yep. and strength. But if they need offense, then I think you go with Dwayne Bacon. I think it's interesting that once Lamb goes to the second unit, it's going to help their defense because you're you're getting a little size, strength, and length from Lamb defensively if he maintains the same level of awareness, attentiveness, commitment to defense that he showed in the starting unit. That's going to help this second unit because, look, I'm excited about 25 points from Malik Monk. I'm excited about what Dwayne Bacon was able to do. Uh, But for the past three games, they've been struggling to knock down shots. You know, Monk came into this past three not able to get over 33% shooting, and then Monk was 3 of 19 over the past three as well, zero three-pointers. So, you know, the second unit lifted this team last night, but it's because they made shots, not necessarily because – they were able to lock down defensively. No. They were just able to outpace the Milwaukee Bucks in scoring when Giannis Antetokounmpo was not on the floor. And Monk yeah. did it. Monk not only did it in the fourth quarter, he did it in the second quarter as well. Both Monk and Bacon lit them up in the second, in the beginning of the second quarter. They went on a twelve to three run that got the lead back in their favor after the Bucks went up forty to thirty. So mm-hmm. they did it twice, but it's all been shot making, David. That's what concerns me a little bit. Is that you look across the stats for the past couple of games, and the three point attempt rate is dropping, and the unassisted two point offense is rising. So. What does that say? Well, it says that they're making tough shots and that's helping their offense, but I don't know how sustainable that is. And I think that's why after the game, Steve Clifford was focused on defense going into this road trip because, you know, those shots are going to dry up. You know, Malik Monk's going to continue to have games where he is, he goes from in fuego to. <laughs> oh, I just trapped myself. This is what you have to learn <laughs> to very cold. Right. And, you know, th- th- that's just a reality of what's going on with this second unit right now until Michael Carter-Williams and Nick Batum return. That's a good point. Carter-Williams in the mix there as well. I mean, look, the, the Bucks really only played eight guys. So I think, you know, DeAndre Liggins played six minutes, but everyone else, they only had three guys playing significant minutes last night. So I think the depth and the bench production from the Hornets really came into play, as you said. I mean, all of the guys off the bench had a, pl- a positive plus-minus. Frank, 18, Dwayne Bacon, 5. Trevion Graham did not score a point, a 16, uh, and fouled out. He had his hands full with uh, with um, um, uh, Middleton, who was on fire as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're still seeing Monk getting burned on, on quite a few backdoor cuts last night as well. He got bailed out on one with a sloppy pass late. Uh, but there's still some, you know, some concentration and some awareness issues with him for sure. But I think what fans have to be happy about is you saw the glimpse of the Kentucky – you know, 40-point Malik Monk last night. Like, when he got going, you could see it. The, the basket just became, you know, like a like a manhole cover for him. 
And he was doing it from outside, but he was also being aggressive, trying to drive where he could. His floater was locked in. So certainly the defensive um, side of the ball is, is always going to be paramount for, for this team. And you can hear when like Clifford talks about it, but that message is getting filtered down, Doug. You're in the locker room. You're talking to these guys. And every time they are, are commenting on something, it's, it's keeping a mind on the defense, right? Like keeping defense in mind and to know that they have to play on that side of the ball. So it's going to continue to be a concentration. But look, you got Frank Kaminsky out there and you got Malik Monk out there. You know, those guys are out there to put the, put the ball in the basket, right? Absolutely. And, and it's, it's a trust issue, right? Because the veterans trust these guys to go out and make it happen in the fourth quarter. And, and more importantly, Coach Clifford trusts both Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon this early in their career to, to go out there and give maximum effort Huge. and to make progress. It was the subject of uh, this game's Inside the Locker Room segment. Take a listen. Come on now, you guys always kill me. I don't play young guys, I'm playing them. You know, no, you don't, but I mean, that's the big thing. No, I mean, I see the same thing. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, listen, I, I say to you, because somebody said the other day, you know, you could be nicer about the young guys. That's where young guys get screwed up. We still kind of make mistakes, especially us two, but... And at this time, we just got to learn from them and uh, get better. We can't. We got to make less mistakes when we're in the game because we're, we're playing a lot right now. But, you know, you never know what could happen. I'll just try to bring energy, uh, a lot of energy. And that's what the second group is for. And we just try to pick up the energy, the, the first group, fall off or anything like that. We just try to pick the energy up, and that's what happened. I don't feel like, you know, we're going to get worse. I feel like we're going to get better, you know, especially us two as, you know, us playing together and uh, just being connected with the team. Gotta love Coach Clifford there, commenting, meta commenting on yeah. some of the co- we've tried right. to we've tried to squelch that idea, saying, "Look, you know, Clifford has depended a lot on Cody Zeller in his rookie season. He depended a lot on Frank Kaminsky right. his rookie season. Played a ton of minutes, got a got a ton of run there in the first year, and, and it's really." I just really know of Onley. That's like the one guy, and it's because <laughs> he just didn't, you know, just couldn't pick the game up fast enough and, and eventually got shipped to Portland because of that. So, yeah. So, why? So, David, makes, the, uh, the question is like, why is he depending so heavily on this rookie set? Why do you, why do you think that's the case? I have some speculation. Well, I think the obvious thing is that he's had some guys out. So, like, obviously with MKG out, he had to depend on Bacon earlier on and with, uh, you know, some other guys that can't handle the ball uh, or no one else can handle the ball. He had to put Monk in there earlier. But but they can play. First of all, I think Bacon is a little more seasoned guy. He's not a younger guy coming out of college. He's, he's had some experience. And Malik Monk is a flat-out scorer. Um, and, you know, they've they, – but also they've shown, especially Malik has shown the commitment and the want to on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's always going to be important to Clifford. Even if he has slip-ups, um, he's shown the, the uh, willingness to, to work on that. But, uh, you know, his hands have been forced a little bit, but they've also uh, been able to produce. I do think he's been a little more patient. I mean, I think you have to look at Monk especially and say he's been a little more patient with him uh, than maybe in years past. And, again, maybe some of that was forced, but certainly he's given him a little longer leash because I think he's shown the potential to, to perform. Well, he said after the game that you have to be fair with Malik Monk. He's offensively, I mean, he's seeing things defensively that he hasn't seen 
oh, at yeah. all in college in his one year at college. I mean, teams are scheming uh, against Monk. You know, I mean, they're they're preparing for him every night, and and that's tough um, because he is one of the few. Like if you if you shut him down offensively, you've got a you've got a great shot at shutting down the second unit offensively in general. But I want to go back to what you said. They they can play, and, and they know they can play. David, it's the mm-hmm. it's the confidence that it's the assertiveness that Dwayne Bacon and Malik Monk put on display. It's why Daniel uh, here on the chat says, "I was at the game last night. Monk was breathtaking to see in person, and he's breathtaking because, like, when he gets the ball in his hands and he gets that look in his eye, and he just has this posture, yep. and you're like, he's going. It's the same thing we see. We take for granted." In, in Kimball Walker now, but it's that mentality that like, oh my God, he's going to take this shot. And it do, it doesn't matter where he takes this shot, he's going to put this shot up. And, and when it goes in time after time after time, that's when it starts to get really exciting. But it's that assertiveness, it's that confidence that they put on display that I think has allowed uh, them to, to be on the floor for extended amounts of time, even though they have both shown that defensively they have a lot to learn. And a lot of this goes to practice as well. We've heard this several times from Coach Clifford. Both of these guys dedicated in practice, great practice players, working hard, watching film, trying to get better. I think they drafted two guys that, yes, they can play on the court, but they have their priorities in the right place off the court. You uh, Did you hear uh, Malik Monk in an interview say, the NBA is boring. Yeah, boring, yeah. And he didn't mean what was happening on the court because that's, you know, he's been learning a lot. That's not been boring. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the off time when when he's, you know, he puts in the he puts in the work that he needs to put in and then there's just like, you know, nothing to do. That's good. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you want to hear those things from your rookie, right? From a rookie from a 19-year-old, 19, 20-year-old. Yeah, he just wants to hit, man. Just don't just get out there and play, and that's you can. You, you're right. You can see it in those two guys. They share a confidence, and we saw it from day one at the press conference. Man, that, that they want to. They want to have the ball. They want to score, and I just don't think you can have enough of that, <clears throat> especially in today's NBA, or at least the Hornets can. I mean, that, that's been an area they've been lacking for several seasons, and you saw last night in Malik Monk a little bit of what Jeremy Lin was able to provide on, on some nights. Right, like he can win you a game in a, in a spurt over a quarter and the Hornets just have not had another guy outside of Kimball Walker consistently be able to do that. Certainly not off the bench. And they were able to add at least one. Uh, I'm not saying Monk is going to be able to do, I mean, Bacon is going to be able to do that kind of type of spurt offensively anytime soon, but at least Monk can go in there and they added both those guys to the draft. I mean, that's, that's just a huge boost for this team that was so strapped with ways to improve. And Clifford's man, he's got to be he's got to be excited just having those two guys out there and Bacon uh, able to guard multiple positions. It, it's it's exciting for Hornets fans <laughs> to have some some new toys to play with, as we always talk about. Why is confidence important? You heard Clifford there say that he's in that inside the locker room segment that he's. It sounds like he's demanding of rookies, and and we know he's demanding of everyone defensively. But it sounds like, I don't know if tough's the right word, but I I think he sees himself as someone that asks a a lot of rookies where maybe some some coaches don't necessarily do that. 
and he believes that it's good for young players to go through that. But I think you're seeing the early success of Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon because they have confidence, but they don't have hubris. Because if you have hubris and somebody's a little tough on you, you can react negatively to that and say, wait a minute, no, listen, I'm, I'm ordained. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be here and you're getting in the way of that. But that's not what we saw. Think about what Malik Monk did last night. Okay? He comes in into the late first, into the second quarter, and lights it up. Then sits from the 330 mark of the second quarter, sits the entire third quarter. Jeremy Lamb plays that entire third quarter. And then Malik Monk re-entered in the fourth, and you heard him. Brought the energy, brought the same amount of energy in the fourth quarter that he brought in the second quarter. And and saved the game. Won the game. Won the game. Won the game. How many how many played. rookies could do that? I think you know. Look, you know, I'm I'm as excited as everyone watching these Donovan Mitchell. You know, he's getting 35, 36 mm-hmm. minutes in Utah. We watching these 28 points on 21 shots, great. I'm so I'm so happy for Donovan. I think it's exciting to watch him play. I just wonder if Donovan Mitchell could sit an entire third quarter and then come in the fourth quarter and knock down four threes. I don't know. Maybe he can. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. But that's what you have in Malik Monk. As Steve Bob said, he's been touched by the basketball Steve gods. That's right. Hopefully he makes he's a return good. tomorrow for Fun Friday. I'm not going to make any – I don't want to make any promises on this show that uh, I can't keep. Yeah. But there's a chance. I think, to me, looking at this rookie class, it seems like a lot of those guys have that same mentality. Like – they are confident, but they're willing to listen and learn. And maybe it's just some of the younger crowd, like Jalen Brown kind of sticks out. He's not a rookie, but some of those guys, Tatum, seem to stick out to me like that. And you mentioned Clifford. I mean, we know he's going to be straightforward with all those guys. And so you're right. You can react one way to that and, and have it go horribly bad. But these guys both seem like they are uh, taking everything and, and learning from it. And I also think that speaks to – which we haven't talked about a lot, Doug, the chemistry on this team looks really good right now. And I think that was maybe the major concern with Dwight Howard coming in was that maybe, you know, there would be a rocky start or you go through some bumpy times, but these guys look like they're having a lot of fun. And of course they're winning. So it's easier, but um, it certainly looks like they've welcomed in these young guys, you know, Marvin's the first guy to jump up and chest bump Monk after a timeout last night how about Marvin how about Marvin with a couple big threes yeah I think having one of his best games of the season what did he finish with there David 15 or so yeah 15 points 5 of 8 shooting 3 of 5 from beyond the arc again getting open shots because Kimball Walker drawing the defense away Jeremy Lamb and his shot making demanding attention and Dwight Howard and Frank Kaminsky four assists okay Every, but you look, know? the ball's moving right now. Everyone's feeling it, and, and they've got a lot of time with each other uh, in this early going because, you know, Kimba, he's had to play a lot. I think that's a concern as well. Let's go to the chat here. The King of the Crux here on the chat. Welcome in. Thanks uh, to all the people that are on the live chat, youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets saying, quick question, with Lamb playing so well right now, do you think MKG might be the one moved to the bench when Batum yeah. gets back? Popular question, though. Popular question, but the answer, I think, is no. And I'll tell you why. Because Michael Kidd Gilchrist, when he's on the floor, the Hornets are five points better. And you say, well, Doug, duh, 
He plays with the starting unit. The starters have played much better than the bench. So get out of here with that stat. Okay, calm down. Calm down. Let me let me let me give you another stat. Opposing three-point field goal percentage. When Michael Kidd Gilchrist is off the floor, it's 35.6%. When he's on the floor, it drops to 29.2%. Yeah. And I think you could make a very good argument that if Michael Kidd Gilchrist did not leave that game seven minutes in with an illness, that Milton doesn't score 43 points. No way. And and if he doesn't yeah. score 43 points, then this game isn't even close. Then Dwayne's prediction of a 10-point victory might have been wrong still because they could have won by 15. Right. MKG makes a huge difference defensively. He has to start the game because that's how you prevent guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton from getting hot early. Defense early, offense late. That's the philosophy. So far, it's been a winning philosophy for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, Rich saying, wow, 29.2. I know. It's because, it's because, Rich, Dwight Howard underneath the rim. Guys can fly at three-point shooters right now. MKG can play a lot more aggressive, can be up in guys' shirts. He doesn't have to sag back. It's been a major difference. And and think back to how many of those Middleton threes were shockingly open, especially late, you know, especially down the stretch. I mean, and not to say they wouldn't have been if, if MKG's out there all the time, but like that's just the mentality that he brings, and I think it is contagious. But you mentioned him uh, pairing up with Dwight Howard. I think that's the key. I mean, that's how Charlotte's been able to climb back up into the top, almost the top five defensive rating and, and, and a top five defensive team in the NBA. So they definitely want to have him out there to start. A couple of quick notes before we go, David, because we haven't really talked about Kemba Walker's game. We haven't talked about uh, Dwight <laughs> it's Howard's game. too much game. to talk about. I know. There was a lot of offense. Look, when you score 126 points, there's a lot to talk about. And that's not a normal thing in, in Hornets basketball. And I think it's it's something that we've already talked about. Might not be terribly sustainable, but exciting to watch, especially uh, at home in the Spectrum Center. Hopefully, there's a little word of mouth that happens, David, from that game. This is, hey, maybe, so what'd you think? maybe time what'd to you get think out to Spectrum dog? Center. It, it's thin. It's a Wednesday night game. It's you, always going to be tough. But at the same time, I think we're, everybody who was at that game, uh, Matt was at the, Matthew was at the game here on the chat, and uh, I think Daniel was at the game as well. Start spreading the word. Spread the news. Hornets are back in town. Or they will be in nine days. They've got a four-game road trip coming up. Uh, Quick notes on this one, though. Kimba Walker uh, went 7 of 7 from the free throw line. He entered the game leading the NBA in free throws made per game with 7.4. That's tied with DeMarcus Cousins. And he's shooting a career-high 91.2%. That's Steph Curry numbers. That's Damian Lillard numbers. Just one aspect of Kimba Walker's game that has taken another leap. And I asked Kimba about it. I said, you know, what's... I, I, it's probably not any easier necessarily, but what's going on with the with the free throw uh, um, thing? And he said, "I don't know." So it's a mystery. That's funny. Um, but uh, Dwight Howard having 17 points and 11 rebounds—that's a good bounce back game to go along with a season high tying three assists. That's the sixth double double in eight games this season. Dwight Howard making a huge difference in this one. Uh, just want to say to hello, hello to. Uh, Z Beard, Z Bird every day on the chat. Buzz Nation, what's up? Welcome to the nest. Hashtag Buzz the Maniacs. How about those assists, Doug? That's something that Clipper mentioned. That something that Clipper mentioned in the offseason, being able to use 
go through Dwight a little bit and have him uh, distribute, not, you know, distribute the ball all the time, but certainly he's being able to create. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, some dishes uh, going to the basket, man. I mean, that's, that's just something that um, is just an added bonus. I think along with those, how about those, how about those free throws? How about that straight on banker? Who says somebody said last? Or I, oh no, it was uh, J Dog who emailed in and said, "Hey, by the way, make sure to ask David about Dwight's free throws. He's trolling you, David." <laughs> what about uh, what about what? <laughs> wants to wants okay. you to talk about him? Look, teams are teams are doing the hack of Dwight. We've seen it twice now. Milwaukee tried to pull it off, and and Dwight yeah. hit one of two on each of his hit trips, one. and you, know, you can't do it under two minutes. I think right then it's like an intentional deal. So if you can get to the two yeah. minute mark. Then right, exactly, then you're and they didn't start. They didn't really start doing it until it was within. It was. It was around. It was between three and two minutes, I think. So they only had a couple shots at it. Um, look, man, there. It's crazy, dude. It's they. They look okay. I mean, they look, they look straight most of the time. Um, I, I think he's still going to be about fifty percent when the season's over, and I think you take that. So you've got a t- um, you've got a team in the Hornets right now that are feeding off the electricity of Kemba Walker's continued ascension towards all NBA status and they're also feeding off the joy of the game that Dwight Howard has and the physicality and intensity that he's showing on the court it's it's a defensive bump and a rebounding bump even over last season in Atlanta. And we've talked about how you know people wanted to give Howard grief about his season in Atlanta for how it ended. But if you look across, if you look across uh, yeah. that season, it was a bounce back year for Dwight. That's what made this trade crazy to the Hornets was that they're getting, he just didn't fit in Atlanta. Budenholzer, I don't think Budenholzer really ever envisioned an offense surrounding Dwight Howard. The, no. Charlotte and Steve Clifford, this is where Dwight Howard was supposed to be. Oh, I'm, intent, man, this, I'm lit. <laughs> I'm lit on the show, as the kids say. Well, and let's talk about this just over a second. The, the four-game road stretch. I mean, you can't ask for a better send-off. Two good games. Needed uh, a three-game three-game win yep. streak. Needed that going into this four-game road trip. Yep, and and Monk had two good games back to back. That's encouraging. So uh, definitely going to be definitely going to be a, a uh, you know a tough test here with this team, but you got to feel good about it. I mean, man, five and three, hit the road, a Spurs team with no Kawhi Leonard. I think they just called Tony Parker up from their G League team as well. So um, we will have a full preview of that game coming up tomorrow. It's hashtag Fun Friday. You want to make sure to check us out. Come join us live on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com forward slash forward slash locked on Hornets. Uh, Mark here on the chat uh, saying uh, MKG tears off his jersey, and I think that we were all thinking shoulder injury. Yeah, it was a real strange thing. He walked in the locker room, but it uh, Steve Clifford saying after the game that MKG not feeling well before the game, maybe maybe similar to what happened to Frank Kaminsky, you know, tried to give it a go, couldn't. And you want to be cautious with illnesses and basketball because it's such a physically demanding sport, especially on your hydration. You remember, David, when Cody Zeller had to miss a few games because he lost like 10 pounds mysteriously, and it was because of, of, of a hydration issue because these guys sweat so tremendously that you can lose 10 pounds very quickly if you're not staying on top of it. So if you add you know, any kind of stomach issue or any kind of illness to that uh and and you know we don't know what exactly it was but if you add anything like that you got to be really careful with that stuff and it makes the uh 
it makes the flu game, the bad pizza game, the the food poisoning game, whatever you want to call it from Michael Air Jordan, all the more amazing. <laughs> no, it comes back to MJ. There we go. You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us here on Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net today and get that prize possession that you've been waiting to get Frame. Get it up on the wall with our friends at Frame Warehouse. We're back again tomorrow with a preview. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much to everyone on the live chat. Rich, Mark, uh, Daniel, King of Crocs, Z-Bird every day, Matthew. Who else we got here? Dwayne, of course. Can't forget about Dwayne. Thanks so much for being on the live chat. Join us again tomorrow. YouTube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.